Shalom to the online Nechamuami family. This is Rabbi Damien. The next several weeks' teachings will be speaking to some significant changes coming to Nechamuami. Even if you're not in the seats, to me, you're part of the family. And it's important then for me to share with you what is coming, why, and hopefully to have you be as excited as we are. Because Hashem is doing a great thing and we, no matter where we reside, are blessed to be a part of it all. With His help, big things are ahead. You're invited. We'd love to have your support and enjoy the teaching. We're going to settle a debate today. That's what we're going to do. A debate about the Lord's Day. A debate about the Lord's Day because we have a problem. We actually have a big problem. A problem that dates back about 17, 1800 years as it relates to the Lord's Day. Because the question that I want to ask you is, which day is it? Saturday or Sunday? And someone's saying, I've heard this message before. That's why I'm at a Messianic Jewish synagogue. No, I want to talk about that because there's there's still some difficulties that arise. So the problem is, the Lord's Day, which day is it, Saturday or Sunday? And this comes down technically now to a matter of definition And it kind of depends on which Lord we're talking about. Yep, Judy, that's a good face to make when I make that statement. Total, utter confusion. Here's the problem of many, one of many. Kurias, the word that we find in the New Testament. It means master, owner, sovereign, a title of respect, a title of reverence. Lord translated in the New Testament. But that term is also used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, 6,000 times to refer to Hashem, the Tetragrammaton, the holy name of God. So we have a crossover here where the term kurios, meaning Lord in Greek, master, uh, person of great respect, that is used to describe Yeshua, and God. And we actually use the term quite often when we say the Master Yeshua. That is saying Kurias Yeshua. The Master Yeshua. Lord is how it's translated. Now it's important to recognize that never, ever, ever was the term Kurias when used to Yeshua for Yeshua meant to be a usurpation of God's holy name. Yeshua never did that. He never said that. He never recommended that. But we do find some crossover when we look in the Greek at kurios, Lord, Master. Now, here's another challenge. How should we understand the term the Lord's Day? That's a problem. In Genesis 2, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Who is God here? It is Hashem. It is the Lord, as the Christian Bible translations translate. Capital L-O-R-D, Lord. So what we find here is this. We know that God is talking about the seventh day. This is God's day, or we could say the Lord's day. If you create the world and you create all the days, you get to pick whichever one you want and call it yours. 
So it is Shabbat, the seventh day, the Lord's day. Well, what if, what if, just hypothetically, back then, the seventh day was Sunday? What if we lost track of the days? What if somehow the seventh day then was actually Sunday, which as we know in Christian tradition, is often referred to as the Lord's Day, right? What if there was some mix-up? What if God actually meant that Sunday was the Shabbat? Well, here's the challenge that we have. If there was any question at all, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, the manna fell on the what day? The manna did not fall on what day? The seventh day, correct? The manna did not fall on the seventh day. So, what does that mean? The Jewish people have been in continual existence from then until now. Now, I might wake up tomorrow and not know which day it is. Jonathan, you might someday this week make it wake up and not realize whether it's Wednesday or Thursday. But everyone in this room is not going to simultaneously forget which day. Or an entire, the United States simultaneously forget which day is the seventh day. Okay? Also, we don't even have to go back that far. And I'm borrowing something from the Unrolling the Scroll commentary. Yeshua himself honored the seventh day Shabbat with all of normative Judaism that was going on around him. We don't have to actually look back to Sinai. We can look at, back at Yeshua and the New Testament. And since his era, Judaism has certainly never, ever, ever forgotten which day was the seventh day. Let's call it the Lord's Day for fun right now, the Shabbat. Because Judaism is still celebrating it, and here we are today on the seventh day celebrating the Shabbat. So first of all, it didn't change. That was a little sideway, side, side note. <clears throat> but in a sense then, what I'm suggesting is, we could say that the Lord's day, the one he chose from before creation, the first among things called holy, is today, the seventh day, the Shabbat. The holy day. So that settles it. The Lord's day is Shabbat, the seventh day. But that's a huge and massive stretch for the problem that we have. Why? Because that is not, that's not what the term is, that Shabbat is not called the Lord's day anywhere in the Torah. Where do we find the term Lord's day? In the New Testament. Referring to what? The first day of the week, Sunday, the Lord's day. And who is the Lord there? Yeshua is the Lord there. And if you come back from the dead, if you resurrect on your own, walk out of a grave and then show up and appear to people and do all kinds of crazy, awesome things and then ascend to heaven, if you want to have a certain day of the week be your day, you earned it. It's the Lord's day. It's, it's that day. And we also, furthermore, in the New Testament, we find the, the first century community is celebrating on Sunday, the first day of the week, right? Acts 20. 
It says that they got together, they broke bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. It was actually happening at night, but that's a whole other thing. 1 Corinthians 16, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. Revelation 1.10, John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That is Sunday, Yom Rishon, the first day of the week that follows after the Holy Sabbath. Of course, it wasn't called Sunday that came later. It's Yom Rishon. It was the day Messiah rose from the grave. It was the day the disciples of Messiah were gathering to study, break bread, and worship. It was the first day of a new creation, and that's what 2 Corinthians says about us, believers, new creations in Messiah. So the first day after the Sabbath, if we think about the first week of creation, right? We had day one, six days, seven, we stop. The first day is the full first day expression of this new creation, fully formed, the first day represents this new idea. And third, Sunday is also sort of, and we'll come back to this in Christian tradition, Sunday was known as the eighth day, which is a term for new beginning as it's tied to circumcision and all kinds of things. Where do we get this eighth day? Isn't it the first day of the week? It's the eighth day after the resurrection where Thomas encounters Yeshua. Thomas is doubting, right? And Yeshua appears to him. And the text in John 20 says, on the eighth day. Now you read it and sometimes it says a week later. It's the eighth day. This is the eighth day after the resurrection. And what does Thomas say? He says, my Lord, my God. That in and of itself is another whole message. We're not going to go there right now. But something has happened here. There's an eighth day appearance to Thomas. And here's what Christianity does with that. Actually, I'm not going to say Christianity. I want to read you something relative to this eighth day, new thing, new creation, Lord's Day. All these pieces kind of swirling around right now. Stay with me. I'll tie it together. Are you with me? Sort of? Good. Okay. Everyone but Judy. Here's what the catechism of the Catholic Church says. The Sabbath, which represented the completion of the first creation has been replaced by Sunday, which recalls the new creation inaugurated by the resurrection of Christ. So we have very much this creation thing happening, new creation, eighth day. The church celebrates the day of Christ's resurrection on the eighth day, Sunday, which is rightly called the Lord's Day. That's the Catholic Church. Eighth day, new creation, new beginning. Which, of course, what I love about that is that they drew that from Judaism. They drew this from Judaism. So we're going to replace the Sabbath with Jewish reasoning. That something ate, it's new, all this other kind of stuff. So here's the interesting consideration. It's not necessarily that Yeshua changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. That, that wouldn't happen, right? Right? 
Yeshua didn't do that. Why? Well, if he did, it's a violation of the Ten Commandments, which we're reading in this portion this week. We don't see him doing that while he's alive. It's just that. It's just that. The Shabbat is no longer relevant according to this idea. The Shabbat that once was, the Shabbat of the initial creation, the Shabbat of the Torah, the Shabbat of the old covenant is no longer relevant. And now, every, everything in God's initial instruction is superseded. The Ten Commandments and Christians, Catholics, need not concern themselves with that old covenant law stuff. And therefore, the Lord's day is Sunday according to the church. Yeshua did away with all that, that, that Sabbath observance, and that shouldn't have any validity for his disciples. And as a matter of fact, here is a tremendously revealing article from gotquestions.org, which has a very wide, um, wide uh, knowledge base and has all these types of contributors and, and sometimes the, the answers that they give are very good. But here's the question on gotquestions.org. What day is the Sabbath, Saturday or Sunday? Do Christians have to observe the Sabbath day? That's the question. I'm gonna skip through some of it because here's what I love. In Deuteronomy 5, Moses restates the Ten Commandments to the next generation of Israelites. The word of God makes it quite clear that the Sabbath observance was a special sign between God and Israel. Okay? God's intent for giving the Sabbath to Israel was not that they would remember creation. No, it was just so that they would remember their Egyptian slavery and the Lord's deliverance. Now, I love, there's no bias here at all. Here's his description of the Sabbath. You ready? Note, the requirements for Sabbath keeping. A person placed under that Sabbath law could not leave his home on the Sabbath. He could not build a fire. He could not cause anyone else to work. A person breaking the Sabbath law was to be put to death. Sounds like, like a wrestling death match. That's how he presents the Sabbath. Okay? An, examine of the New Test an examination of the New Testament passages shows us four important points. Whenever Christ appeared in his resurrected form and the day is mentioned, it's always the first day of the week. The only time the Sabbath is mentioned from Acts through Revelation is the occasion of Jewish evangelism. And of course, he quotes, to the Jews, I became a Jew. Paul did not go to the synagogue to fellowship with and edify this, to fellowship with and edify the saints, but to convict and save the lost. After Paul says, I will now go to the Gentiles, he never returns to the synagogue. It's never mentioned again or the Sabbath. And four, instead of suggesting adherence to the Sabbath day, the remainder of the New Testament implies the opposite. Looking at that point four, above, will reveal there is no obligation for the New Testament believer to keep the Sabbath. And we'll also show that the Christian Sabbath is also unscriptural. This is the answers that are being put out there for the masses. He talks all about Colossians and it's a shadow and all these other kinds of things. But some claim that a mandate by Constantine in 3.21 changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. And, and I'm, I'm not gonna read it all, but here's how it concludes. The Sabbath was given to Israel, not the church. The Sabbath is still Saturday, not Sunday. Amen, brother. 
That has not changed, but the Sabbath is part of the Old Testament law and Christians are free from the bondage of the law. Sabbath keeping is not required of the Christian, be it Saturday or Sunday. The first day of the week, Sunday, the Lord's Day, celebrates the new creation with Christ as our resurrected head. We are not obligated to follow the Mosaic Sabbath, resting, but are now free to follow the risen Christ, serving. I think what that means is now we definitely shouldn't rest on Shabbat. We should be out there working. The Apostle Paul said each individual Christian should decide whether to observe a Sabbath rest. We are to worship God every day, not just on Saturday or Sunday. Amen to that, brother. These are unbelievable premises that are put forth about a a, a very strong misreading of the New Testament. But here we have a bigger problem because what we just read is everyone in here who is from a non-Jewish background, consider yourself under bondage for one thing being here. Two, consider yourself ignorant of what it means to be a disciple of Yeshua. Three, there's a lot of them. Here's the problem in this week's Torah portion in Exodus 20. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work. Listen to me, you your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. The sojourner in the Torah, that's one of the Torah's words for non-Jews. It means that even Gentiles who were within Israel were observing the Sabbath and were told to observe the Sabbath. But that's before Jesus. Okay, I'll come back to that. Isaiah then goes on to say in 56, For the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from profaning the Sabbath, these are people, these people who hold fast to his covenant will be reckoned among the people of Israel. Why is that important? Ephesians 3 says, if you are from a non-Jewish background, you have been brought into Israel. The covenants and the promises of Israel. What is one of those covenants and promises? Remember and observe the Sabbath. Remember and observe the Sabbath. You've been called in to appreciate the beauty of Shabbat and many other things found in that dreadful old book called the Torah. So here's the problem. We have a huge identity crisis. Very, very large identity crisis. There's some interesting historical context and I don't want to put you immediately to sleep with history. But here's some historical context about how, is this on now? About how the Gentile first century communities, all actually not Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles in the first century, there was never ever any thought that Sunday was to be set apart as a day of rest where you didn't do any labor. Never. It was never there. I'm quoting Justo Gonzalez from the New Testament to the New Creation. That's his book. For the first three centuries of the church, there was no expectation that on the Lord's day, one is to rest from one's labors. Roman slaves had to work on that day. The Shabbat remained the Shabbat. You get it? The Shabbat remains the Shabbat. And so I will say the Lord's day, the holy chosen Sabbath that God himself took 
remained always that for these new believers in Messiah. But that is not to be confused, conflated, or syncretized with the Lord's day that came after Yeshua resurrected because there are two, if we think of it this way. Came on the first day of the week. Here's what happened. You ready? This is how we got there. There's this guy, Roman emperor. Anyone know him? Around 300, he started making laws, changed things, made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. You know who he is? 321, he issued an edict <clears throat> from Codex Justinianus. On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and people residing in cities rest and let all the workshops be closed. That's where Christendom, initiated by Constantine, led the practice of Sabbath keeping on Sunday. So you can thank our good friend Constantine for a number of changes that have come along the way. But how did it get here? What, what happened? Well, that, that concept pretty much caught on from Constantine on. And in Puritan England, where it was a very, very, very holy type of thing, there was this recognition that said, you know what, we do need to set aside some things about this new Sabbath this Sunday thing. First, there was an agreement that there's a connection between Sabbath and creation. That's what they were coming up with in Puritan England based on Constantine's things, 321. There's a connection between Sabbath and creation. There's a moral precept that all must obey. Second, under the new covenant, it's not really that it's a specific day, but there needs to be a day for rest. And third, proper rest required detailed and exacting legislation. Sounds very Jewish, actually. So what did they do after many fights? Sabbatarianism won out. And in England, they passed a series of laws that prevented things from being done on Sunday. Blue laws, they were called. And then, where did the people from New England come from? They came from England. And so they brought their Sabbatarian Sunday Puritanism blue laws to England. And over time, that made its way down to the Bible Belt in Macon, which is about why, I don't know, five years ago, you couldn't buy liquor on Sunday and stores weren't open. That's all changed like everything else in the world. We don't even think about that. But that's where it came from. Constantine and blue laws. Interesting connection, huh? But what is really interesting about that to me is this. There is a yearning within the human soul to have a day of rest from Constantine to England to Macon to the Bible Belt. Even if it meant we're going to tear it from all the foundation and mooring of Judaism, we still have to have a Sabbath, so let's make one up. Let's build one. It's like Boaz softball rules. No, I'm kidding. You know I'm messing with you, Boaz. I'm very proud of you. So they were, they're going to they're gonna recreate it. And, and there's, but, but because in us, God put it in us way back when. 
that he created this day, his day, our day, the Lord's day where we would sit and rest. Abraham Joshua Heschel, Joshua Heschel relatively modern Jewish philosopher, in his book, The Sabbath, he says, six days a week we wrestle with the world, wringing profit from the earth. On the Sabbath, we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in the soul. The world has our hands, but our soul belongs to someone else. We have in us, all of us, a deep, deep yearning for this day of rest. But what's interesting about these articles and these books and all these things that I'm quoting to you, they are not, as far as I can tell, making any positive statements about the Shabbat uh, or its relevance for Gentile believers. No, in fact, the opposite. I think what they're saying is, listen, listen up. Listen up, modern church. Listen up. I know you feel some type of legalistic pressure that you need to be resting on Sunday. But that's not, what the, that's not what they did. That's not what it was really about. You don't need to do that. You just need to worship and love God every day. It's beautiful to have a, it's beautiful to have a Sabbath. That's fine. But we, not, we need not concern ourselves with trying to make Sunday, the Lord's Day, Jesus' Day, into some version of Shabbat. We're free. We're new creations. The Sabbath should only be allegorized into a picture of the coming Sabbath rest. Now here's what's even more weird about that. That is not what the first Christians did at all. That is not what they did. Primitive Christian practice. You know what that means? Yeah, primitive. Like that sounds backward. Primitive Christians means the ones who listened to the apostles, who learned and watched from Yeshua and all these other kinds of things. The primitive Christians had a great veneration for the Sabbath and did spend the day in devotion and sermons. It's not to be doubted that they derived this practice from the apostles themselves. That's the dialogues on the Lord's Day by T.H. Moore. The Gentile Christians observed also the Sabbath. That's Giesler's church history. It is certain that the ancient Sabbath did remain and was observed together with the celebration of the Lord's Day by the Christians of the Eastern Church 300 years after the Savior's death. Listen to that. It is certain that the ancient Sabbath did remain and was observed 300 years after the Savior's death, a learned treatise of the Sabbath. They knew they knew as you and I do and as others do that are awakening. There is a blessing. There is a blessing in this Lord's day set aside as holy from the beginning. You are so much preaching to the choir, Damien. This is a waste of time. I want you to listen very closely to what I'm going to conclude with right here. I started with the question, the Lord's Day. Is it Saturday or is it Sunday? What should be the Jewish answer? What should be the Messianic Jewish answer? Both. Both. Now, what? Damien, I know we're doing this shalom-making thing here, but... um. 
we going to start talking about having church on Sunday or what? What's going on? Both. Both is the answer, and here's how this works. With the distinctions that I've laid out here today as disciples of Yeshua, in a congregation that calls itself a congregation of Jews and Gentiles, Messianic Judaism for all nations, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this day, Shabbat, was, is, and always will be by Hashem's decree, the seventh day. He never changed that. He never changed that. This is the Lord's day, the Sabbath. He picked it. Neither for that matter did Yeshua. As a matter of fact, he honored it. He taught others to honor it. And the full beauty, what he did is taught us how to appreciate and understand the full beauty and how we can still love and care and heal and do certain things. That's what Yeshua was doing. He never eradicated it. It was for him, Yeshua himself, the Shabbat for him was the Lord's day, the Sabbath, El Adon, God and Master, created this day. And we know for the early believers, you know them, right? We talked about them. We talked about them in a recent message where we talked about how incredibly crazy it was to try to figure out what it was going to look like to be a Jewish believer in Jesus in the first century and then to have Gentiles coming in and trying to teach them and educate them about how we worship. And what are we supposed to do with the Sabbath? And now we have this other special day that is called the Lord's Day. That is the first day of the week. How does this work? Well, they honored the Lord's Day, the Master, Yeshua the Messiah, the first fruits of the resurrection. They set apart Sunday that day, first day of the week, memorial to the, not creation, to the resurrection to new life, hope for the future, the coming Sabbath, for, for the coming Sabbath of Yom Shekulo Shabbat, the time that is all Shabbat. And so here's what happens if I see it correctly. For Messianic believers then and now, we find beauty in both of those things. In the earliest days, worship consisted of Sabbath-keeping and resurrection celebrating on two different days. In time, the former decreased and the latter persisted. But our buddy Justo Gonzalez says, the notion that Sunday has taken the place of the Sabbath is notably absent from Christian literature. When I read the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words, the Eseret Hadevarim, and I ponder all of this confusion in the world about Shabbat, Torah, bondage, yes, no, Saturday, Sunday, replacement theology, and the whole mess, I came to a new conclusion. You ready for it? We are the most blessed of all believers. We are truly the most blessed of all believers in this way. Last night, I welcomed the Shabbat to my home. The Shabbat, the seventh day, the Lord's day. I welcome it to my home with candle lighting and the doors open for l'chad odi in the presence of the, the Shekhinah the, the, or the, uh, the 
the, the bride of Shabbat comes in. My family's there. My wife, we're celebrating. We're singing. Today, we come like the first century believers, and we read from the Torah, and we sing beautiful prayers, and we worship God. And tonight, we'll distinguish this day from all other days with Havdalah by setting it aside and saying, God, you distinguish this day and all others. But tomorrow, on the first day of the week, along with my brothers and sisters from the earliest disciple communities, upon opening my eyes and saying, I thank you, God, living and eternal king, for graciously restoring my soul within me. How abundant is your faithfulness. The next words out of my mouth on that, the Lord's day, are Yeshua, thank you. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you, God. I'm sorry. Thank you, Yeshua, for the cross, the resurrection, the spirit, the comfort, and for the hope And on that Sunday morning, I can still recall, yesterday was the Shabbat in the sense of the Lord's day. I honored it, and I honored the one who gave it. And today is the Lord's day, Yeshua's recollection, his remembrance. In a different sense, I will honor you and yearn for the peace you're bringing, saying, come Mashiach. And I feel a little bit like the disciples must have felt when Yeshua said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. We are the most blessed of all people. I don't mean we know the most. I don't mean that we're the prettiest. I don't mean that we have the nicest building. I don't mean that we know the most scripture. All I know is that Hashem has given us a very, very broad understanding of the Bible, the importance of Shabbat, and the importance of Messiah Yeshua. On either side of us, people are missing that. The church who wants to make the Shabbat irrelevant or change it to Sunday and make it all about Jesus, completely missing what's on the other side and the synagogue who has no understanding of the Lord's day as it relates to Yeshua and rejects that outright. For us, once again, we find ourselves happily seated in the middle celebrating the Lord's day. And it works for both. Shabbat Shalom. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.